the blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. Welcome to our Patreon-exclusive interview series for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Tonight's interview is with the star of Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Actor, Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen, thank you so much for being on Podcasting After Dark. Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. Oh my gosh, I I, I know uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it, but you're very busy right now, which is exciting. It is. It is. It's a whole new wave of uh, like a complete different perspective. Um, I have a new agent who, uh, you know, I used to hear, you know, you're very specific, you know, you're not easy to place. And she's like, are you kidding me? You're a chameleon that can do anything. And all of a sudden, just with that attitude and some, you know, I think she doesn't point and click. She gets on the phone and sells and has passion. And I've literally had an audition almost every other day, if not every day. And I've been on, I'm on hold for two shows and I'm working on two shows next week. And that's all within a two week period when I started with her. So Wow. That's, that's awesome. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That's uh, Christina Price, my fabulous agent at uh, Worldwide Artist Group. I got to give her a shout out. I, it's it's <laughs> shocking. And it's so funny. She's one of these people that's like, we're probably not going to see each other or talk a lot. And I said, why? And she's like, because I'm busy getting you auditions. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm it's, like, funny you, <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, I, I I used to be a kindergarten teacher for 15 years. Okay. And, and then- when my son was born, my wife's like, you know, what do you, what do you want to do that you're not doing? And right. I had uh, parents who were like, you would be terrific at voiceover, you know? And, and so I said, I want to do voiceover. And I kind of got involved in that. My first agent didn't feel like she was going to bat for me. Sure. And then suddenly I get this agent where I've sat down and I meant no disrespect to her at all, but it was like being with my mom. And I mean that in the best right. way. Right, where, right. Some agents are there to just cheerlead you and say how great you are. Yep. And that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly she's like, she said the same thing. You're not going to hear from me all that much because I'm going to be busy working for you. Okay. And I love that, you know? Yeah. So, hey, hats off to your new agent and uh, yeah. being busy. I'm a busy love guy. Her. Yeah. Hats yeah, off yeah. to agents that care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's easy to think. You know, it's going to be easy. For, I, I just think they thought, oh, well, I love him from the 90s. It'll be easy. But, you know, just like anything, and I tell this to my acting students, and you know this from voice, the hustle literally never ends. It no, never, never ends. ends. Yep. It, it just doesn't. And people, uh, you know, I read Michael Caine's book, and he was like, listen, I'm lucky that Christopher Nolan said, I'll put you in every one of my movies. But besides that, he goes, I still got to you know, hustle and look through stuff and see if I want to do it. And, you know, he's like, I'm a grandfather. I'm getting older. My grandkids, he's like, it's got to be like a great location. Yeah. Or like a movie I really, really want to do because, you know, I don't want to spend all that time away from my family. And he just said, and I got to say, there's a, there's a joy at this age that I don't 
have to get up every morning and start studying lines at 6.30, you know, pounding lines over and over, starting at 6.30 every morning. But that just means, um, that means he was, you know, he's that hustle works even when he's working on a Christopher Nolan film. He's got to get up at 6.30 and bust his butt to get those lines down. And it just never ends. So no, I think that's something that that's maybe you need. Is, is an important thing for people to understand and realize that as an actor, as a performer, you're an artist. And, yes. and, and artists never stop hustling all artists. Yeah. yeah. Never um, stop I creating. I don't know any, my, my, one of my, uh, best friends, wives is a, as a painter and man, 80% of what she does is hustling to get the next gig and next opening next, you know, commission. If she busts her butt. That's half the job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. even Don LaFontaine was probably hustling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's who my my manager is actually her uh his she used to manage Don when he was alive. Wow. Rest in peace. So that's yeah, so it's kind of a trip. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, it's so it's so funny that when when Corey oftentimes Corey will say to me, you know, what do you think about who who do you want to get for the show? And I say, well, no, Corey, who do you want to get for the show? You know? <laughs> and we had just, we had just reviewed because uh, on our podcast, we break down movies like scene by scene. Yeah. And, and it's very extensive deep dive. And we, we covered people under the stairs and we both wholeheartedly agreed as much as we love the movie from beginning to end, mm-hmm. you steal the show. I mean, yeah. you're, you know, so I know weird. it's one of your roles, but sincerely you just, every scene you're in i want to see more it's weird i'm on the screen for 10 minutes literally 10 minutes it doesn't feel that way your your character yeah. is so, so pivotal and the movie holds up so well in 2021 yeah. well it was so, that's what's so funny when we had like a communication glitch there for a couple of weeks is my daughter's my assistant now she's 16 she can't get a fast food restaurant job right now with covid and everything um you know it's too hard it's hard for teens to get those jobs because adults are going for those jobs yeah, right yeah. now because of yeah. everything that's going on. Uh, so I just said, you know, you can be my assistant. She loves it because she gets to like ride my butt all the time. <laughs> Dad, did you do that? Okay. All right. Well, don't expect this to happen. But she was looking at when she's, I said, any podcast that reaches out, I always want to go to their page and see what they're about. So, and she goes, dad, you did this show. She saw that you guys did people under the stairs and that you had done a big thing. So she's like, Oh, you already did. I said, This it sounds so familiar. It only sounds familiar because you guys got in contact with me a while ago. Oh, okay. So I thought she was like, No, you already did it because the little people under the stairs thing. And I go, Oh, yeah, I probably did. And then when you reach out again, I go, What's what's going on? And then I realized. So (laughs) I mean, to me, the movie, people come up to me at conventions and say, It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's yep. the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then finally, I was like, I need a word that I can use to that covers all the bases. And to me, I think the word is it's very twisted, mm-hmm. very yes. twisted movie. And in the good way and bad way, meaning twisting on the uh, whole horror genre, there's no horror movies that end like a happy ending. Yeah. Like a total Disney happy ending at the very yeah. end, which is so rare in horror to the Three Stooges type wacky elect you know electrocuting comedy and that actually movie. works like it doesn't it, yeah it works my, in the movie you know my slingshot to the crazy like sex abuse of the father to the little girl <laughs> yeah to the you know cannibalism to I mean it's just so wild it's such a such an interesting it's such a weird movie it's just such a weird movie and it is funny because I I did not know uh that i was on that screen for so little until someone said hey can you do just a full compilation of you and i said sure and i went there and i was like oh my god it's only 10 minutes Uh, (laughs) well it is amazing sometimes when when a a particular character or actor in a film stands out and then you do realize that they have very minimal amount of time on screen yeah but but yet the the time that is on screen is so important it's so meaningful and i think that's where your character is in the film it's 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 pivotal and you're yeah. right it is a wacky movie on many levels and even and, and especially so timely right now with with just just the racial tension you know yeah. as well and um Wes Craven we you know both of us are huge fans of his work and he's very eclectic in yeah. in, in what he does right and yeah. and uh and I love that 
he approaches Corey. I think you said this is like a fairy tale, a yeah, twisted yeah, fairy like tale. an urban, yeah, urban fairy tale type. Well, of he, thing. Uh, I mean, he was definitely ahead of his time. I always, I don't know if you guys are Bowie fans at all, but I always, yeah, I always sure. say that this is those three films: Shocker, Serpent, and the Rainbow, and People Under the Stairs, was Bowie in Germany. <laughs> now, when he did Low and, and Lodge nice. and Heroes, yeah. you know, those were yeah. those when he went to Germany to do the experimental stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, that's like what Wes Craven did for those, those three films. Same thing. Shocker, Serpent and the Rainbow and People Under the Stairs were like the weird thing. But it is weird because I had a, uh, I had, when Facebook came out, you know, you're like, oh, college, high school friends, college friends, things like that. And then all of a sudden just was like, like all these friend requests. And it was my friend in New York is a jazz drummer says, dude, they're your fans. And I go, mm. no, they're not. I don't have fans. And he goes, dude, just, and I went, accept, accept, accept. I remember just going, <laughs> and I just did them all. And then it was like that. They're like, Roach, Roach, we want you to come to this convention. Or do you, you know, this and that. And it was crazy to think how much of an impact that role. And I guess just because he's so unique. And I had an interview where someone said, if there was one character that you would ever want to, emulate in all the characters he plays who would it be and i just sat and i was like oh my god this is a great question but not yeah. one i'm off the cup but i thought well yeah roach because he's a hero that doesn't know he's being a hero hmm. he 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 sticks around to be there for alice because obviously he's smart enough to leave he could yeah. easily leave because he's so crafty he could you know all the stuff he did in the house he sticks around to protect alice and to bug the crap out of people <laughs> and just harass the shit out of them, which I love. Excuse me, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. No, you can't. But, yeah. but I, but I just, I thought, and he does, and he does it all with a sense of fun, you know. And then when it's when he realizes he's dying, his first thing is to make sure fool knows how to save her, not any, not anything else. You know what I mean? Like, so. Uh, I think that's why people like it so much because he's just so he's joyful to the very end mm -hmm. in a naive kind of hopeful way, but doesn't even, I don't think he didn't even realize he's doing the right thing. He's just being a good, good person. And that's kind of like what doing the right thing is, is it, you don't right. know that you're doing it. You, you're, it. you just do it at your at your core. Um, but but me and my my buddies, uh, I, and I know Zach mentioned, I think mentioned it to you in email. Um, I'm from Alney, Sherwood. Uh, yeah, class, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> class of 96. So I think about what, 12 wow. years behind you or something like yes. that. Um, but we all, you know, when we saw, uh, we were in middle school, but when it came out, you know, we, we you know, we knew that you were from Alney and everything. And yeah. so for me and my friend group in high school and stuff, like, it was yeah. a big deal. It's like, oh, Roach, you know, from People Under the Stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. So it was, it was cool. And and Zach mentioned, like, who do I want to, who did we want to interview? Honestly, mm -hmm. man, the, the moment that we started doing this podcast, you were like my number one person oh, that I wanted God. to talk to. But I was so too nervous. True. True. It, we've been doing it for like a year and a half. And I'm like, I'm still not ready. I still yeah, would rather yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait a well, little bit longer. <laughs> it's kind of funny because like people say, you know, oh, you're so down to earth. And, so, and I think, I have no idea what that means. Here's the deal. I have a job just yeah. like you do. Yeah. It's not steady. I have to hustle to get more every time. But the only difference is I'm in your living room. I'm on your first date. Yeah. I'm at the drive-in with you and you're not with me. So yeah. that, so, and what I do is I do a job and then I have to look for the next one. That's what we do. So when people come and go, Oh, that thing you did a long time ago, like, oh, that was a job I did a long time. And it only took me a while to go to conventions to realize if I did a play, I'd go in the lobby. And in the lobby, people would come and talk to me and say, that was a great performance. And I go, yeah. but the world has become my lobby because these shows are on all the time. And that that's what it, so I don't feel, I, I feel like I, I work at my job just like everybody else works at their job. That's the only difference is I'm on your phone, TV, movie screen. Yeah. And, and, but I don't know when you're seeing it. I don't, I don't have any control over that. I just did that job and then kept moving on, you know? And, and so I finally kind of came at peace with it when I realized that I, I, I don't have an ego about it because I'm just hustling like anyone else is hustling. You know what I mean? I, I just don't, I never, I, I, it was fun. I like doing it. 
and the ups and downs and the hassles of doing it are worth it. To many, they're not. But to me, I don't even say, oh, I'm an actor. I now say I work in the entertainment business. Yeah. 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 I, I do so many different things. I write, I, you know, do TikToks. I do sell merch. I do, you know, I do a ton of different things. I do voiceover stuff. I do. And you're teaching too, right? You're teaching. At, uh, yeah. Are you, are you in a, are you teaching in North Hollywood at the James, still at the James Franco school? No, that so that shut down, um, uh. shut down, that shut down like two years ago. It was after, supposedly it was, you know, he was going wild there for who's doing soaps and teaching yeah. in new york and usc yeah. and i think a, a good friend from what i heard sat him down and said you're doing way too much you know and i think it was a life check after his younger brother got married and he's like i'm doing all this stuff i can't even juggle them all well and then you know i have uh and and i'm not settled down like my brother or was a good buddy seth rogan or yeah you know i mean and i think and yeah it's kind of like let me reevaluate and so he just Paired back a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. So that shut down. So I used to teach at Playhouse West, but now I, what I really enjoy doing is individual coaching. Oh, cool. Which I do. So I have like five students that I do every week and uh, just trying to be their mentor, teacher to kind of help guide them. I think I, I like doing classes. I do like doing classes and I, I've always had fun doing them. And I, and you know, I'm considering doing many right now, but. You know, my mentor, who is Maria Menounos' husband, Kevin Undergaro, who mm. found me and had me do a podcast acting class weekly with Sean Whalen that had to stop because of COVID, but we did it for a couple of years. But he was the one last year. He said, listen, you're putting all your time into these students. And he goes, you're allowed to take some time for your career, too. Of course, and yeah. The first time in a long time, I have the opportunity that I kind of, I have to because of my new agent. I have I'm spending so much time on that. So right when I was thinking about doing other classes and stuff, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be ready because every morning or every night I'm getting an audition that I gotta work on the next day. So, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to stretch yourself too thin. No, obviously. And and, no. and 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 again, I know we said it in the beginning, but the fact that you are busy is fantastic, especially in this yeah. time when, when not everybody is, or if they are, it's busy sitting around doing nothing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know when you have the ebbs and flows of your career totally. and why and why they come and how long it will last. So, you know, now that one is here, I'm going to jump all over it, you know, while I can. Well, it, it, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, 30 years ago is when people under the stairs came out, mm -hmm. it's, I, it kind of just happenstance that we're doing it right now. And then Corey's yeah. like, well, you know, this is the 30th anniversary. I'm like, oh, well, that's a Oh yeah. 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 Well, but, the but, Jordan Peele announcement too, right? Oh yeah, oh, that's right. Is is so is is that what he's going to is that what they're going to be making or is it Yeah, they, they so as as far as I know right now, they don't know what role he's playing. Either he's producing, producing, directing. Um, okay. I have no idea. You know, I have no idea, but I uh I know he's interested, but it was funny what you were saying about the racial tension and stuff some guy put in my comments like oh is it gonna be like all the black people are the are the heroes and the white people are the bad guys and i go yeah like the first one yeah. <laughs> like like the original <laughs> I go, did, you, did you watch the movie the i mean how many how many horror films can you name where the black survivor is the survivor you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. like where the where, where uh, quite often there was like the cliche that that the yeah. wayne's brother wayne's brothers would right. joke about in scary movie you Got know it. uh it, it's and so, then uh, the most the night of the living dead the most powerful ending of any movie that was yeah. such a huge comment commentary yes. on society like totally. wow, he, even though he's the hero he didn't just he didn't make it yeah. based in his skin color so mm -hmm. i mean that that so that's what Brandon Adams used to say when we'd go on conventions. He'd say his grandma would, his grandmother was, uh, you know, protective, old school. And she was like, I don't like the cursing. I don't like a lot of cursing. I don't like that. And some of the, you know, eating of people and things. Like that. <laughs> Not really into that. And he just said, grandma, I got to do it. And she said, why? And he said, I've never seen a little black kid save the day. 
Totally. And, and and we still don't see it that often, no. that, which is why, Zach, I mean, Zach and I talk about it in the review of the movie. It's like that movie is not only does it hold up so fantastically well, but it is so incredibly unique. There are there's like no other movie that's like and you're yeah. like, is it a you're like, is it a horror movie? And you're like, well, sort of. Is it a comedy? Yeah. Sort of. Is it yeah. action? Yeah, sort of. It's ev- yeah. it's everything, you know? Yeah. And the weird thing is he just cared about our acting to make it as real as possible. That's awesome. I mean, the, 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 I was in acting class when I got the job and the, it was Sandy Meisner. who's a famous acting teacher yeah. said, you know, uh, living truthfully under an imaginary circumstance. And so mm-hmm. with this crazy imaginary circumstance, Wes wanted us to be as real as possible and as emotional as possible um, and grounded and connected and to, to all the stuff. And, you know, I worked pretty hard with my coach on it. Um, to, to, you know, I thought, oh, I just crawl around and cackle. And my, my coach was like, no, dude, this guy's got a lot going on, uh, that you need to, to tap into. Um, and, and then once I like clicked into him, I never had to think about it again. Every time I played it, I know exactly what it was. It was just, you know, he's a big kid. He's obviously slowed down in his maturity right? He was probably, what, anywhere from 15 to 17. I say, I was playing a 15-year-old. My daughter's like, no way, you don't look 15. <laughs> He's like, you were 17. It's crazy, because, like, like full or, um, all Roach does in that movie is literally try to save everybody. Like yeah. everyone who comes in the house, he's frantically running around trying to save people. And, yeah. you know, and you and, and yeah. they don't know that Roach is trying to save them because you right. know his tongue, he can't talk and everything. But you yeah. had to you had to um, emote so much without actually being able to to talk, you know, or, or yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. you know, clearly, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's always the the mislead, right? Is is when they have the mislead for the first till you know I'm a good mm-hmm. guy or whatever. Um, the laughing is seen as that scary laughing, you know, and not the uh, oh, I'm gonna get you out of here. Watch yeah. this. I'm gonna save you. Watch this. Or 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 you know, oh, I'm gonna drive that guy crazy. He's gonna shoot his gun all over this house. <laughs> you know. Uh, but, but, it, but when you but when you rewatch the movie and you go back and see how Roach was acting at the beginning when you thought he was bad, you're like, oh, now that I know, it's it's not like a trick or anything. Like he was, you can tell, like, oh, I I the viewer misinterpreted what Roach right. was doing, and that's what I think is really awesome about it. Because under multiple viewings, it it's a type of movie where it actually gets better with each additional viewing, right. and there's also no yeah. real like holes in you know in the plot or anything like yeah that kind of yeah no it is it actually that is really true when you watch a movie over and over you go well how did you know but it doesn't really have those moments no. it actually holds up pretty well in that way yeah yeah it does it seemed like you guys had a lot of fun on set like in oh the sense yeah that, you know oh, everett I, mcgill <laughs> chewing up every scene and, well everett everett i everyone asked about them but i didn't work with them that much i worked with everett only like one day the one day that he's that bathroom scene where he's coming kind of coming after me the other days when he's running around shooting stuff you know i wasn't necessarily there i just did voiceover stuff later on you know i think do a lot of adr uh to go in there and do all the laughs that you know echo through the house at the beginning of the movie and stuff like that but um and wendy i hardly ever worked with i rarely saw her mostly i saw brandon and aj langer you know and you know we had a great time it was it was really fun and i'm really great friends with brandon now and jan birch who played the main stairmaster Mm -hmm. Um, but i never saw him either i only saw him a few days uh but it was mostly you know brandon and aj you know most of the time what i what i love about what you said earlier that that West kind of just, you know, allowed you to really be who you were on screen mm-hmm. and it comes across. And, and the fact that this was your first, this wasn't your first acting gig, but right. it was your first theatrical. It was right? my first movie. Yeah. My and you were, you said you were still in school at the time where, where no, were you no, no. I was 27 years old. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was playing a 15 or 17. <laughs> I was playing at least 10 years younger than what I was. It reminds me of uh, Vince Vaughn and Swingers when he's like, you know, uh, talking yeah. about <laughs> playing a 15 year old or whatever. And, yeah. Or yeah. seven year old. Like well, well times are not easy uh, living in the walls of the house. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I was trying to, I was trying to, we saw Wedding Crash. I was like, oh, you got to see Swingers. My fiance, she starts watching. She's like, 
this is a guy's movie. And I was like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of is. It's a, it is a guy's movie, but it's so relatable as a guy during yeah, that yeah, time. Yeah. But that's all. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think I also think it is a cute romantic. You know, it's still a rom com in a way. You totally. Know I mean? So yeah, it's very relatable. I I can see yeah. you playing uh, you know John Favreau's character. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, Can't well, wait. you know, and 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 so you know, in in researching a little bit, and I was looking up, I, I was reminded that of the Ferris Bueller television show back in the day. Yeah. I, I used to love that show and I thought Charlie Schlatter was fantastic on it. I, I, you know, I didn't really know the show that well, yeah. but I was, I was just talking about it recently on my social media because that was my first theatrical job. Um, and people on the series was my second, uh, but that was cause I had done commercials for a few years, yep. but uh, it was my first acting job and I was doing a comedy scene with Cloris Leachman. That was my wow. first wow. acting job. Doing yeah, yeah, right. And but I was like, she, I was such a huge young Frankenstein fan, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was so crazy and amazing to be working with her right off the bat. And then, well, it's funny because right, other people say like, "How did you get into horror?" And I go, "It's the audition that came in that day." Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> You know, I mean, I did a comedy with Cloris Leachman two weeks before that. And then the next audition was for people under the stairs. So yeah, Fangoria didn't have a uh, didn't have a uh, open casting call in the back of their magazine just for horror roles. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like no one gets into these things. It's I mean, uh, I mean, of course, unless that's you know, like your track, like a Jim Carrey or something. Yeah. Comedy, yeah. But or or uh, or you're one of these people who starts out in just independent horror movies, like, you know, Tiffany Shepis, who was in the trauma stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really look out for it. I just, it just came and I never really thought about it again until, you know, then I did idle hands and a couple other Great things, movie. but I didn't really think about that. I was a horror person until, like I said, Facebook came out and I started to go on all the horror conventions, you know? Well, there is, there is a love, uh, a fandom, a cultdom, in uh -huh. uh, in horror and sci-fi clearly yeah. that's why we're doing the show we yeah. do because there's such <laughs> yeah. a love for for these films uh and i think because they 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 get you on such a visceral level right yeah. and and whereas you know dramas and action movies may do that as well but i don't think they reach th th that deep into an audience's soul like yeah. these films do you well know? and i mean here we are sitting there talking about these you know social issues but they were always ahead of the curve yeah. Oh yeah. Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers was about, you know, the communists and mm -hmm. they're always doing these societal you know, or McCarthyism, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they they were always ahead and and like Night of the Living Dead was doing racial stuff way early. I mean, it's always a comment on what's going on in society in the greedy 90s like I know what you did last summer, you know, these you know, entitled kids that you know, get caught up in stuff. There's always a message in there that uh, people really like. And then it's just such a craft, I think. I, I mean, it's weird because people say, hey, do you want to do a pop culture convention? I said, well, the only pop culture thing I have is like, you know, the comedy, a few comedies and like Never Been Kissed, that thing you do in Twister and things like that. Yeah. And I went to a few of those and I was like, this is interesting. I go, pop, uh, these uh, uh, comic, comic cons or whatever, they... They like to party a lot. He goes, but the horror fans like to talk to you and buy stuff. <laughs> so if I'm going to be away from my family and it's for a job to make money, I'd rather go to a horror convention because you know, I they and they really want to talk to you about you know these these movies and how much they mean to you and things like that. It's really cool. I think it's because we watch them over and over again. I think a lot of the, the horror movies, because we love them and then we watch them multiple, multiple times. Now, that yeah. being said, I also watch Twister multiple, multiple <laughs> yeah. times. It's a fun yeah. movie, you know, it's, yeah. it's great. It's great. But yeah. it, but but like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have a, a four hour podcast to talking about it like we did about people under the stairs, you know, yeah. and it's not to take anything away from Twister because I think it's a fantastic sure. movie. Yeah. But there's yeah. so much meat on the bones to to good horror movies like yeah. people under the stairs that actually give you like you're like, oh, I'm enjoying all the desserts and the fun and the slaughter and like, wait a minute. I'm learning something too yeah. about humanity. And that's, yeah. that's good horror movies right there. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, 
and and that's the funniest thing is he was the nicest sweetest most gentle guy ever it's just like when you meet like you know i've worked with rob twice and know him you know pretty good acquaintance rob zombie and we've gone to a couple yeah parties yeah. and stuff like that he's just like the nicest nerdiest dude ever he's like oh i got him i got a the night that was in the monsters house in my house you know? <laughs> i mean he's a, he's a fan too yeah. yeah, he's just a nerdy fan, too, and they're just gentle and nice, and just want you to be real and authentic. I mean, it was just so weird that w- with Wes, you know, saying, you know, all right, so because uh, I was in the basement scene with everyone, he's like, okay, so they'll hand you the flesh and then just rip it out and just you know really eat it with the blood. Yeah. Okay, I'll go shoot it now. You know, you're like. <laughs> what i love about i think another thing about horror and sci-fi too it it often gets so misunderstood uh or or just kind of thrown away because of maybe the budgetary constraints or maybe some of the acting and so it gets knocked down a few pegs whereas like a big budget movie you know they go oh that's a blockbuster it's amazing it's you know but but the horror film there's so much that's going on behind the scenes to make this thing happen and yeah. i think that's what Corey and i were talking about recently but that was that whether a movie is a million dollar blockbuster or it's something independent that 300 people saw the yeah. fact is behind the scenes everybody's working their butt off yeah. to put this thing on screen and how cool is that yeah. how yeah. cool whether it's people under the stairs all movies though in a way you know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, but I do feel like, uh, I mean, listen, I, my personal movie that I can't wait, I was supposed to shoot it in October to, to get it rolling. Um, uh, I can't wait to do it. It was, uh, it's very meaningful to me. I wrote it. I'm just going to star in it. It's oh, great. It's called crust. It is about a lonely guy that works in a laundromat who, um, collects all the left socks, the mm-hmm. separate socks, throws them in a pile and he sweats and uh, uh, wipes blood off and sneezes and jerks off into these socks in a little pile in the corner. And then <laughs> one day he's bullied and he cries in him and it comes to life to kill for him. Oh. Uh, it becomes like a little sock monster. It's, it's it sounds amazing. a little basket. It looks kind of like Oogie Boogie, but made of socks. Um, oh, nice. In a, in a basket, in a little That's... basket. And he's a, he's a puppet. He's a puppet. We made him. We already have him. We have him made. He can do little eye things and look around. He can be very cute and sweet, but then he'll kill. But it's kind of like um, it came... And it it turns out it's not like little shop of horrors where I find out and I'm horrified. I actually turns turns more like a Willard situation. Oh, okay. He's glad that finally someone is sticking up for him, you know. Yeah. And he's got a little more power, and he gets the like Godfatherish drunk with the power. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> not, I mean, every time I say that, I go, oh, "How can you say Godfather about your?" jerk sock monster <laughs> but anyway but it's the descent we all know you know yeah. Leon's descent into the power hungry trip uh but but that came because i remember after my divorce i had like a severe um anxiety and depression and because everything was just changing so much and i was in this apartment and you know we we're living apart we were married for 20 some years um and it was just such a shock and then when I came out of that, it was weird because people kept saying, oh, you need a pet. If you have a pet, yep. that, that's something you can care for. And, and I get the understanding, but I was like, dude, I can't get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm down, I was like 120 pounds. I wasn't eating. I was like, I said this, I couldn't take care of. But at the end, two things happened. I went, oh, a pet would have made sense. And secondly, I was really mad. I like mm-hmm. got mad after my depression going god what a waste of time and it's all because of you know this and that and i was just really really angry and that movie just went and just flew out of my body onto the thing and you go that's what good horror should be too it's coming from somewhere real no one ever thinks about the anger after you're depressed that like you know you're you're just angry that because anger and hurt and all that anxiety is is upset and then but it's going inward 
You know, it's on yourself. That's why you're getting yeah. depressed and anxious. But then when you flip it, then you go, you know, you, that's where the anger came. And I went, oh, this is great. And I, my guy goes through all the depressive stuff. But as the thing starts killing for him, he starts to turn into like kind of an asshole and kind of like, this is awesome. This is okay. You know, I don't mind having this little sock monster. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, when do you... When do you guys when do you guys think you're gonna uh, start rolling on it? So it started. Uh, we had a we were gonna do a half hour template thing. We got approached for a couple people, but they the way they were talking, uh, I don't I don't know if you know independent filmmaker uh, Jason Trost, his wife Talay Wickham. They did the FP. If you guys ever saw the FP mm-hmm. or FP one, you guys would love the FP. <laughs> okay, and I do the like cameos, and they're very funny. But it's oh, cool. F- FP. That basically, it's a dystopian society um, where rival gangs like uh, like Mad Max type rival gangs fight uh, for the control of the alcohol in the mountains, um, oh. and they fight each other by playing Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> and I think I, I think I just saw a video for that. Someone yeah. just sent me that okay. yeah and it, it's basically <laughs> modeled and he plays it yeah. straight it's modeled after yeah. the early 90s uh mortal Kombat. yeah oh nice yeah. It's, it's so dope man and it's it's so funny i have a great great part in it and i've uh, been in the other ones but you guys would love that but we were i just want to and they're good friends of mine and we i thought you know i just want to work with them we know what we want to do they know how to shoot things uh, raise money and do it themselves. And we had a, and it all takes place in a laundromat, the whole thing. And okay. you never leave because that's kind of the feeling of the, not the depression and, you know, and production too. Um, but uh, so then obviously COVID hit and it was supposed yeah. to last October, like, you know, four or five months ago. So who knows, you know, hopefully maybe by the end of this year, maybe just pushing it a year, but I'm really excited about it. I'm shooting it in black and white. Cool. Uh, oh, nice and yeah it should be it should be a very cool film i'm very proud of it i sent it to the uh soska sisters you, you know them yeah. right yeah 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 and they wrote me back and they're like this is a very special film like we've <laughs> never seen anything like this like <laughs> so you know specific and fun and through tragedy and through um hard times come amazing work Amazing art, yeah. right? You know, I, I, everything, everybody from Phil Collins making all his mu- his best yeah. music came out of his divorce, yeah, right? Yeah, and and I think you know Corey and I can relate to that as well because we've gone through some major relationships ups ups and downs in our life, sure. and, and and it's so relatable, um, and especially because of COVID and the the depression and the level yeah. of depression that's so much higher and if we get through that yeah. hopefully thankfully and, yeah. and what'll come out of this hopefully i'm more of an optimist i guess yeah. that this art will be beautiful and memorable yeah. and and i the fact that it's in black and white i think will will make it even more sinister yeah uh, yeah i love that and that that's very exciting and it's great that you're you've broken through that dark period in your life yeah yeah and, and have here to talk about it. it yeah yes exactly. well it's just a weird idea that i threw around like these these people are like we don't know how to do a movie with i go just make something cheap like something simple like like i don't know a guy in a laundromat who has socks and turns into a sock and i threw it out like a sentence and then i went and did ugly sweater party a shout out to i don't know if you guys ever saw ugly sweater party it's very john waters ish uh campy me felissa rose is on yeah. it is in it it's really super campy aaron mento is a really great writer director um and and i went and did that and i saw how they were having so much fun and they were keeping it low budget but it looked it was really fun and looked cool and really true to the vision what he wanted and i thought oh my god i've got to do that movie that movie that i talked about the sock monster yeah. and he totally inspired me and i went home and like i said because, i think because of the emotion i just went blah, 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 just like it flew out of me and i had a friend co-write it with me and i only reason picked him he's not even a writer full-time he's always been a creative friend of mine though but he just he's one of these guys who looks at movies and goes that's bullshit that would never happen <laughs> like he so i had him to do that just like you were saying make it airtight poke yeah you know make sure there's no holes poked in it you know 
I just want to make sure that that world is tight. The, the world that can have a kill yeah. monster. <laughs> and, and now there's so many like streaming ser- services to, yeah. that, you know, you get like Shudder and all this kind of stuff where you can yeah, actually I, I, get it worried, out there. I'm not worried to, I mean, I just want to get it made. And I also uh, like during COVID, what I did was get on TikTok and have a blast doing that. I've got almost 200,000 followers and, and wow. When the time comes, I won't even do a GoFundMe. I'll just do a little fundraiser through TikTok and do that, you know. Um, that's kind of what I did uh, throughout COVID. Instead of going to conventions, I would just have these live things on TikTok and sign autographs live so people could watch me sign it live and hold up a picture. And That's cool. Uh, yeah, people loved it. It was great. I did better than I would have, you know, I did better two hours in my home than I would have a weekend at a convention. So it was, it was, and it, you know, you get to see these people. And, I mean, they get to see me hold it up and say their name and talk to them and stuff like that. So it's really, it was actually very cool. And then they would make TikToks out of those videos. Sean Whalen signed my thing. So it was really great. I got to make a lot of new friends and stuff. So that was really fun. Well, what That's, a world we're living in now where we can do stuff like that versus yeah. having to go. It's it's the new convention. And I think, you know, I, I know conventions are starting to be yes, discussed. Yes, totally, right. You know, and, and there's, but but the, if you don't have to leave the comfort of your home yeah. and you're having that se- that sense of an intimacy with a with a fan, that's yeah. pretty spectacular. Well, the, the weird thing for me was I remember, I remember when uh, a friend of mine in the business was going, dude, Quibi's going to be huge. And I was like, why would anyone pay for Quibi when you can literally see, you know, a guy in Missouri be 10 times funnier for free on TikTok? Like, you, why, would you, why would you even do that? I mean, that's the one thing I loved about TikTok for me was I had no idea, you, you know, when people go, oh, you love that guy. He's funny, right? And you're like, eh, okay. But when you see that, like, I just come off the top of my head, this one guy did a whole series playing God and, and, and Archangel Michael. Uh, and he's like, he's just inventing stuff, you know? Yeah. And he goes, I'm going to invent little bugs that are yellow with stripes and they're going to go to flower to flower and save them. And he goes, that is so great. And then the yellow, it'll go great with the flowers. And if you touch them, it'll sting you and it'll, I <laughs> see the, the, the Archangel Michael going, yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, there's always, you know, there's always something because they're like, the, the dolphins will be cute and fly and, and they'll be great. And he goes, oh, that's great. And they will be trapped and forced to do shows for them. <laughs> you know, just so, but that's just a guy in his house. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like, These people are so fun. It's just so great to see everybody's sense of humor, everybody, this one woman that my fiance follows, all she has really, really bad sleepwalking to the place where they have to have cameras all over the house just in case, you know? And all she does is show these, these, tick, these, her walking around the house, eating food, <laughs> farting, and then like, going, who's there? You know, like, just, it's just insane. And it's just so great to see that people just have a good sense of humor, no matter who we are, you know? And that's yeah. why I loved it during this very divisive time in our country for so many different reasons. Yeah. It was so great to go, what do we have in common? You know, yeah. what do we, you know, where the people were doing a whole series of the Phil Collins drums, the do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they did that with shutting their cabinets in the kitchen. Like a wife would walk in and they would hear the music and she'd go, do, 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 do. Just like that, like Vine used to be. I didn't know yeah. Vine. I didn't know Vine. Yeah, me neither. And and there's all these like social media services. And I think, you know, we, we all say, oh, social media is bad and everything. But it can be. It's like anything else. But it can also be a great platform for for great Things like this, no matter what you're into. My, my wife is a, a huge like plant person. So she follows all of these plant people and that's great. And then, and then we're, you know, on, I'm on Instagram, like, you know, doing stuff. It's, it's great. It's like, I say, go find your little corner of the internet and yep. enjoy it. Don't like yeah. get mad at it. Just community. You just need yeah. community. Well, I think that's the new world, right? It's an, it's an, you don't need to worry about well, will this sell worldwide? You don't need to sell. My friend who does the FP, 
He's got a band of loyal followers. Every time he's tried to do a project, he reaches out to them. They fund it. They, they'll pay extra to come and fly and be in the movie. They love the world. It's one of those, those kind of litmus test movies that they sit down with the woman they want to marry and go, you better like this. If you don't like this, we could, better, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Uh, and so he's just got this very loyal community. And that's kind of what I wanted to build with Crust too, is, is just a small niche. But shoot, on TikTok, if you look on my TikTok at all, I did a whole series in the middle of the year called uh, Roach the Roommate because the house was one, the house was for sale. Yeah. And yep. so I made a joke about, you know, you move into the, this guy moves into a house and the first episode, the guy who co-wrote it with me is a good friend of mine, Gabriel Greer. Uh, he played the real estate agent and I hear all these oh, in the walls and I'm like, <laughs> I go, and I, you know, peek behind a wall and I showed me, you know, in the makeup and everything hidden in the dark. And I go, wait a minute. And I, do a Zoom call with my agent, go, hey, man, is there a man living in the house? He go, yep, page 72, paragraph eight. All sales are final. <laughs> so I walk over and I, and I go, hey, man, and you just see the fingers come out and I go, you're going to have to pay rent. And he goes, oh, and that's the start of the series. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, he eats my pizza rolls. He, you know, he's using my shampoo. You know, tries to pay me in gold coins, you know, <laughs> and it's just me playing both parts. And it's on TikTok. Yeah, it's on TikTok. And I and I definitely want to try to uh, bring that to uh, I'm, I'm in talks with a friend to possibly put that on like Con TV or something. And oh, do yeah. like Adult Swim where I'd have yeah. in a half an hour, I have uh, two or three 10 minute just shorts about Roach the Roommate. And then I started to get in this whole thing. One time we did a DJ thing where roach was djing at night and the roommate was like oh you got i gotta go to bed and he's like uh, and he's like what you're a dj for bat raves <laughs> so then people were like we want to see more of that and so we did a whole series called the rise and fall of roach the dj <laughs> uh, and his club becomes really huge and you know, people talking about it and yeah Oh, that's awesome. Definitely check it out. I, I think I put the first four on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel. Okay. The first okay. Four we'll, we'll put, uh, I'll definitely put links in uh, when we launch yeah. the episode. I'll, I'll put all the, your links, your TikTok and, and YouTube yeah. and everything. But uh, I yeah. mean, you're, but you're no stranger to comedy at all. Um, my, yeah. my my wife and I were excited to, or I was super excited to see you pop up on Superstore. Uh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, it's funny too. You're always, you're also in Always Sunny as well. Yeah. That was really fun too. Always sunny. Uh, no, I and I'm doing uh, well. I'm not allowed to say. Uh, <laughs> is there? Well, got, only I, these two parts. I'm doing these guest stars next week. Uh, are both comedic. Nice. One cool. of them, I didn't even know how comedic it had. Like a button to it that I didn't even realize. Like a physical gag, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" I didn't even I didn't even realize it till I had my costume fitting yesterday. So that's gonna be awesome. And uh, oh, nice. Yeah, both are both are different but comedic, and I, it's really fun to do that. Listen, I would love to do Roach the Roommate on like Con TV and stuff. You know, go shoot for a week and have it done for a season. You know, but I was thinking you could you could incorporate uh, Roach, and then uh, of course your famous Got Milk commercial, and Roach yeah. could pick up the phone and not be able to uh, say Aaron Burr. <laughs> well, but, uh, in, in in real life, since those were the two things that people knew me from the most. I had done a lot of commercials in between um, people under the stairs and a lot of commercials in between because the milk commercial was in 93. Most people, there were people who, when they saw me as Roach and then in 93 saw me in the milk commercial, they go, oh, that's that quirky looking guy who can't talk. <laughs> oh no. They thought oh, I really couldn't talk and that's how I got my gigs. And I was like, oh, that's not going to be a very long career i don't think yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah that people actually thought that i couldn't that, 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 i can see i can see why i mean pre, you know pre-internet pre-imdb yeah. and all that i can i can see why people went there but uh i mean that commercial got a big resurgence with the hamilton um, obviously with hamilton yeah because yeah. everyone's like oh <laughs> the only thing i know about what aaron burr is from this commercial and well, i was one of those people too yeah, i remember that commercial yeah. 
the one who said that the most was Leslie Odom Jr. He would say it on the Today really? Show. He would say it on, yeah, he goes, I don't know anything. He goes, on the Today Show, they literally have him walking and talking with somebody. And, and he says, you know, listen, I, I didn't know much more about it except that commercial from the 90s. And they show the commercial. <laughs> and then, then he did, and I don't know if you know this, for advertising for the show, he did a shot-for-shot shot remake yeah. as Alexander yeah. Hamill, as Aaron Burr. And they, but they did an exact shot for shot remake of that. Um, and then, so my manager and I were like, this is crazy. We got to like, you know, at least me meet, he's talked about me so many times yeah. I, and I'm a huge fan of his. I was like, we got to do this. So he called up, he talked to them in New York and he's like, listen, and Leslie's been talking about this commercial and Sean's a thing. It's going to be such great publicity for this, you know, it'd be great publicity for the show to have, you know, um, him meet Sean Whalen, Leslie Ellen Jr. meet Sean Whalen. It'd be so fun. And they're like, we don't need publicity. We're literally sold out for like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. Big fan. Come on. Maybe we're something, right? <laughs> Maybe better for, for me. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, wanted, I wanted to go back to what you said in the beginning of the episode, though, or the interview, um, where it's just a job, you know? Yeah. And, and I think there's this misconception that people have, uh, well, it's not always the case with every actor and performer yeah. and person in the industry, much as the same can be said for other professions too. There, there's sometimes there's a, a level of arrogance, a level of, right. which is there, but it's, it is refreshing. And, uh, I think optimistic to know that most performers feel the way you do. Like, yeah. look, we're, we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you get to be in our room and, and, and your character has probably seen things that it doesn't want to see in certain people's <laughs> homes at times, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but that doesn't mean you saw it yeah. uh, or does it? Yeah. And, and, and I love that, that your long, your longevity, your hustle it is so committed to what yeah. you do and you're doing what you love clearly. Yeah you know, yeah. for, for over 30 years That's and awesome. you're having fun at it and yeah. you've gotten through those dark times. You've gotten through those moments in your life where you're like, I'm yeah. never coming back from this. Yeah. Which you did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, here you are making... you have to stick it out. Yeah. Well, I always go to that speech in Castaway, you know, at the, I love, I love that movie. Uh, when Tom Hanks is like sitting in that guy's thing and he goes, I just, you know, I try to kill myself. I couldn't even kill myself. Right. I couldn't do anything. And then I just realized I just have to stay alive long enough to see what the tide brings in. So you kind of mm. just have to stay. I had to stay in the game to, you know, and it was all out of an email I sent to my old agent going, Hey, let's be proactive. Let's not do, and let's not just say, Oh, that's the way it is. Let's think of things to do and let's do something different to, cause all my friends were working and I thought this is kind of weird. Like, am I not doing well on auditions? And they call me back and listen, the email had a tone that I didn't, realize but they call me back and go yeah I, I maybe you need a new pair of eyes on you mm, yeah you know maybe we should part ways and at first i was like oh my god that's not what i meant this crazy and then i kind of thought well it's not like it is working great so maybe you know maybe it couldn't get you know much worse than it was uh we were kind of at a standstill and uh if i didn't send that email to try to be pro i mean i got my intention but certainly not the way i thought i was going to get it you know, and that's the power of intention going, I want to make things better. Yeah. And it went all different ways and I ended up landing on Christina's lap and now it's completely different. So, yeah, yeah I think that's some, that's an important lesson to learn that some people need to, to, to really hear because yeah. it doesn't always go the way the you way expected, you want it. but it's going the way it's supposed to go. Right. 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 My acting teacher used to say, look, and again, careers go like this. But as long as they're slowly, you know, kind of going up, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... what came out of my lack of booking was this podcast and these podcasts. Yeah. I run another one as well, and it's so much fun and it's so stimulating artistically and creatively. Yeah. Yes. You know, where where whatever you're doing, if it's sparking that desire, it's, it's sparking that thing inside you that makes you go, yeah, and smile inside. Yeah, that's what matters, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I think I found out late in life that I might, I've got ADD or whatever. And that totally helps with this kind of life because yeah. you're always ready for the next thing. 
Yeah. I'm I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. I got it. I'm ready for the next thing. And, 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 uh, you know, way back in the day when I had a really bad experience on a TV show, I almost quit the business and I actually went to a therapist and they were like, so tell me what you want to do. I was like, Oh, I like acting. No, 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 no. Tell me something that has nothing to do with acting. And I said, I don't like doing the same thing every day. And I love meeting new people. And they go, that's why you stay. Hmm. Not just because you know that other part. You already know the creativity and the acting and that stuff. But that's why you stay. Because that's gonna that's the reason you keep going. Because you don't. I would die in it. When my fiance talks about her job, I'm like, oh, I in a million years I could not go to the same building, same cubicle over and over and over again. It would drive me crazy. So yeah. It works for my life. That's that's the thing about it is when you decide you love art or the artistic life, you have to say, not only do I like the art of it, but I have to like the lifestyle that goes with it. Yeah. Or you're never going to make it. And, and, and especially being like an like a creative, you know, uh, uh, type person in, in a capitalistic society, I'm not being negative, but it's, it's, you know, it's not the easiest for us to survive. And I do it because my wife is very, very supportive of it yeah. and knows what we're doing and what we're trying to do and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, even if you love it, you're not going to love it the same every day. Some days it'll go down, you know, and some days yeah. it'll go up, but you just stick with it and you keep on, keep on keeping on. And it'll, I think it all works out, you know, or the way it should. You'll find something, you know, yeah. you'll find something that, that makes sense through all the different, you know, I didn't know I was going to be writing and I started to write and I didn't know I'd do some voiceover stuff and I got into that. And, you know, you never, you kind of never know. That's why, Yes, I'm an actor, but I just like I said, I feel like I'm 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 an entertainment business person, you know. Totally. Well, and, and also like like what you were saying just about surviving, especially when you're depressed. Uh, Zach yeah. and I, he he said it. Like we've both been there. I've battled massive dark times, and really sure. at the point, you know, and you just tell people like, look, I'm just trying to survive at this point, yeah. you know. But at the same time, you don't know it until later. Like in your circumstance, something beautiful can yeah. come out of such incredible darkness, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you have to survive. You have to survive to get there, though. Yeah, yeah. Some something beautiful and crusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you know the the fact that you are so busy right now, and you took time out of your day, means so much to us okay. to talk to two yeah. schlubs, one in Santa Monica and one in <laughs> Oregon. Uh, <laughs> You know, and and during this time, uh, and 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 spark some creative joy in us. Yeah, you know? yeah. How do you really? guys know each other? So, so oh, go ahead. Do you want to tell a story, Corey? Uh, we we met through a mutual friend when I was living in Santa Monica at the time. So, okay. and then we just we got just good friends. And uh, I lived in LA for about thirteen years, and uh, I moved up here. I actually uh, lived in North Hollywood, right across the street oh, from no, where no. you worked. Yeah, I was right up there on uh, Magnolia and closer yeah. to Quanga. But yeah, right around there. And uh, but now I'm up in Oregon, and my wife and I wanted to something a little bit more, you know, slower paced and everything. But uh, I still got I still go back to Olney. My mom still lives in Olney and everything. Wow, so yeah, crazy. I mean it's totally. So I mean it's not totally changed, but it's big. It's it's a lot, it's lot more people there. Bigger. Well, no, I mean the the main thing. I, my uh, daughters when I went back there, they go, "What's I go there used to just be fields? Yeah, cornfields and fields like yeah. huge fields, and now they're all you know." walmarts and things like that and big yeah highways and you're like wow that's but that's that, right that's that's everywhere but you know and i just but i just wanted to say man like like me this was a big deal for me this was awesome i, I really really appreciate you taking oh, the time out of your day to do this so thank you so much both of you guys this was really fun thank you for taking us on a little journey of your life and uh no some of the fun stories and and wishing you all the luck with crust and yeah, the rest you. of this and are you getting married this year or are I'm you getting married this year we are figuring out uh it's probably going to be in the fall yeah so we uh, it's going to be like my daughter's a couple people from her family and that's it and then we're gonna have a big party in 2022 or 2023 nice well yeah. mazel tov and uh and all that yeah you know, <laughs> a beautiful thing and uh, hopefully, hopefully the next time we see each other, it'll be in person. And, there you uh, go. You know, yeah, we'll figure something out. Well, thank you guys for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Be in touch. Absolutely. You too. Take care. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Bye, guys. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Podcasting After Dark's exclusive interview series with Sean Whalen. And, as always, thank you for your support. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone? Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook.